Hey guys, and welcome to the new episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Greg, founder of Greenwall Brands, a seven-figure Amazon seller, and our client. We worked together for one and a half years now, um, and we've built a fully custom uh, solution from scratch to manage Greg's business. And we'll be talking today about that. So hi, Greg. How are you? Hi, Jacob. I'm doing great. And you? I'm doing good. Thanks. And thanks for being here. Um, I have a first quick question to you. Um, so could you introduce yourself and Greenwald Brands to the audience? Sure. Uh, so I'm Greg Greenwald and Greenwald Brands is a company that is based in Dayton, Ohio. We've been selling on Amazon for about eight years. Originally, we were focused on uh, private label products. Uh, Amazon actually picked one of those products and they wanted to buy directly from us through the vendor program. So we did a little bit of that. Uh, we also expanded into retail arbitrage. And then from there, we expanded on into wholesaling. Uh, today, we sell in excess of uh, 200,000 products per year, and that's all made possible by uh, an excellent group of team members that consist of full-time, part-time, uh, and also VAs, uh, great relationships with manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, logistical partners, and then uh, partnerships with companies like Delta Logic that has helped us create the, the back-end technology to, uh, to keep our business moving and, and put us in a path to expand. That's, that's actually amazing. And uh, I wanted to get back uh, here for uh, origins and beginnings too from, from your story. Like how, how actually did you start selling on Amazon? You said that you started in your basement and, and then became a seven-figure seller. Like how long did it take you and what were the steps? Yeah, so... Uh, in the beginning, I was working uh, another career full time and I like to stay busy. So I was just looking for something to do on the side that is more like a, a hobby that maybe would earn some income. And I came across uh, this opportunity to sell on Amazon and that led into finding a course that was taught in Las Vegas uh, that was a, 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 a week in, in length. Went to that course and uh, they really taught the ins and outs. It was uh, very focused on private labeling and uh, met some really neat people there that uh, some of us branched off and, and formed our own mastermind groups. And from there, that led into a trip to Iwu, China, which is one of the world's largest marketplaces, followed up by a trip to Hong Kong and met uh, uh, manufacturers, selected some, some, some products, and also had uh, met people here uh, locally. So we were doing private label products, both domestic and internationally. Uh, when you're ordering products from China, it's usually a three, four week process for your manufacturing to occur. It's another few weeks to get it on the ocean and, and, and shipped, and then another week or two to, to process that and get it into Amazon. So there would be some downtime. And it was 
during that, that I uh, saw another opportunity of doing this thing called retail arbitrage. And that consisted of getting a little Bluetooth hand scanner and pairing it up to your phone and, and going into the stores. And, and basically it turned into kind of a, a treasure hunt. And that's when we really started bringing product into the basement and, and, and prepping it. And, you know, I'm here to tell you, we, we knew nothing at all green as green could be. And to look back today and see all the things that we did then, we would scratch our heads and say, how in the world did we ever get by? <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was, it was very interesting. It taught a, a lot because first we started going to, to, to local stores. Uh, and then we were having some success with that. And so we started going to more local stores and, you know, Early on, it was just a shopping cart full of a few items that then turned into a full shopping cart that then turned into a heaping shopping cart that then turned into multiple heaping shopping carts. And we would, uh, you know, we would have other uh, customers come up and say, oh, you're one of those professional couponers that I've seen on TV. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're, we're not using coupons. It's a totally unique thing that we're doing. Uh, and so that ended up leading into doing more regional shopping. Uh, so based here in Dayton, we were going down to, to Cincinnati. And amongst all of this, uh, you know, going into the stores, we met and became friends with some of the, the, the workers there, some of the managers. And it was, uh, you know, we, we literally had some managers that was spotting uh, products for us that said, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, this product over here is really unique and it, and you would never think it sold good, but it, it sells well. And because by now they knew what we were doing. And, and then that is kind of like how the whole wholesale thing started where a manager came up one day and said, you know, I see how much stuff you guys are buying. Why don't you let us buy it by the case for you? And then we'll give you a discount. And it's like, well, Hey, what a great idea. So, uh, we were we were mixing all this stuff together. We were doing the the private label, really getting uh, things ramped up for that. You know, some of the products we did in the private label space worked pretty well. Uh, other ones not so great, and other ones were just you know complete stinkers. Um, the retail arbitrage, though, uh, it just seemed like that really kept kept going going well. So here we are, you know, bringing bags and bags and bags of product in prepping it. We're putting them in boxes, 14 inch and 18 inch boxes that average about 45 pounds. It's 13 steps to get up out of the basement and then another two steps to get out into the garage where we would literally just sit these boxes on the floor, deadlift them up to UPS when they would come by in the evening. And, um, you know, one, one of the, 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 the team members, uh, with us has been with us almost from the onset. And so, you know, him and I would carry these boxes up the stairs every day. And it's like, geez, there's got to be a better way. Well, I happened to be watching a program on television one night and this commercial came on and it was for one of these easy lift chairs that uh, somebody that can't navigate stairs can sit in and it'll take you down to the bottom and take you back up to the top. And it's like, that's it. That's going to be <laughs> a way that we're going to be a little more efficient 
and save our backs. And so, uh, so I, I, I found one after doing some research that somebody was selling used uh, a couple hours away, had to go and disassemble the whole thing and haul it back. And that's really when you know who your true friends are, the ones that come and help you assemble an easy lift chair to help you with your Amazon business, lugging stuff up out of your basement. Um, and, you know, this thing was this thing was oversized. It was meant for a, a, a larger individual. So that was great. It had a big wide chair. We could get like two or three boxes on it and uh, had a, it was from that 1980s. So it had this big retro 80s remote control that you held and zinged it upstairs. And and so, um, you know, we, we kept doing this. It was a very much. And a, how, how many of you were there, like going to those local stores, buying products for for this um arbitrage business yeah so it just started with just uh, a couple and then uh that led up to four of us while we were still working out of the basement so we had systems in place that would uh, tell the people where what stores to go to what items to buy in the stores and what even aisles these things existed in and we were doing all this through Google Sheets. So mm -hmm. um, we had uh, started early on trying to match technology with our processes. Yes, so but even did, before, like when you were researching the product uh, products and going to those stores like first time, like how did you even knew about the product? Like you were just thinking, oh yeah, this looks amazing. It may sell on Amazon. Like how did you discover those products? So some of it was just an early indicator of looking on Amazon, what products were already being sold and saying, yeah, I've seen that at this store and I've seen that at, at this store. So if people are buying like in that category of product, they're likely going to buy other product as well. Uh, we had an, an, uh, an application that we had subscribed to and that had the ability to go in and use your Bluetooth hand scanner to scan a UPC of a product. And it would come up and tell you um, that did it sell on Amazon, yes or no. If it did, you could put in what your cost of the product was gonna be, and then it would tell you what the profitability of it was. Not a whole lot more information. So, uh, you know, back then you don't know what you don't know, and and so if it was profitable while well, you bought it, you know, back then we had no idea what the sales volume was, what BSR really stood for, what uh, the effect of multiple sellers on a listing had on 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 your uh, on your ability, whether or not Amazon was was a, a previous seller on the product. There's all this data that today is very relevant that back then we just didn't even know existed. So all trial and error. <laughs> all trial and error. And so what we would do is, is you know, we would uh, scan these products and uh, buy them. And then through very antiquated reporting uh, from Amazon, we would know what sold. And we didn't even at that point look to see whether the product was still profitable or not, because we really didn't have, any kind of system to, to tell us that. So it's like, okay, you sold four of this product, put it on the list, and we would uh, 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 go and, and, and shop for it. And so, you know, we, we learned stuff early on, like we hit the stores very early in the morning because you're going to get 
uh, more fresher stock shelves as most stores are, are stocked third shift. And then also you can get in and out of the stores so much quicker than if you was to do it later on in the day. So, you know, even though we didn't know anything, we were always making adjustments to try to be more, more efficient. And, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's kind of how it got started out of the basement. We got to the point that we were bulging. Uh, you know, I love uh, animals, uh, uh, have, have, uh, well, at that time had two cats, one of which had no idea, but got up one morning and went down to get started. And uh, he had ate all of our Italian wedding cookies that we had bought for a product. And, you know, he had gotten into pancake mix and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, we're out of space. We're getting damaged product because oh, yeah. animals are eating them. So it was around then that it was time to, to, to move to a small warehouse and, and so that was probably about the second year into it. You know, that like, as you mentioned, phase one was just really a lot of trial and error, but we realized that there was something to this. It was going to be an adventure. And so, so we moved to this small warehouse. Um, we didn't have a forklift or anything like that. We were still doing the retail arbitrage with some light wholesaling. And it was still without really having vendors, right? Like you were still going to the shops, just buying it on your own. Right. There was, there was no vendors, uh, at that time. And, and so the epiphany happened at the warehouse, like instead of going and, and procuring these products and having to go pick them up, what if we had a vendor and had that stuff brought to us? And so that's when we, uh, started with a few small vendors. Uh, that were more uh, locally based, and then that 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 progressed on up. But you know, there's there's challenges all along the way. Like this warehouse, it was previously used by uh, a fellow that went and refilled vending machines. So he was just a one man shop, and uh, so he had gotten out of the business, and, and that's what made this warehouse available. But you know, it had a it had a a, a restroom, a bathroom in it. But there was no walls. There was no walls at all in this <laughs> warehouse. So by now, you know, we've got three or four helpers with us. And anytime any of us had to use the restroom, why we all had to step out of the warehouse and wait. <laughs> and so that's like killing production. So uh, so we negotiated uh, a lease with the landlord that uh, they would uh, build walls uh, in, in for, for the bathroom, which which they did do. And uh, they, you know, really great to work with. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first few semi-trucks that would deliver to our location, as mentioned, we didn't even have a forklift. And the drivers were kind. They would hand unload the cases of product to us, uh, which, which is very challenging to find uh, today. But uh, anyways, progressed into uh, getting a forklift and just expanding the warehouse yep. operations. And, uh, and during this time, you were you, you started collecting all of the data and actually using um, the Google Sheets, right? When it comes to like all of your tech stack. Yeah. So through this whole time period, we are testing other software programs because in the beginning there really was hardly 
any applications that help support your endeavors on Amazon. And uh, we had this big base, our catalog and everything was based in Google Sheets. And so we had this hodgepodge of other programs that we used, whether it was uh, for inventory or repricing or financials. And you're just finding some way to kind of marry all this stuff together. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it did function. Uh, it did what we needed to do. It just wasn't, you know, very efficient. And, uh, and, and we would have problems with, with some of the software. Uh, we went through, you know, multiple repricers. We went through multiple uh, inventory management software. Uh, so we were always testing, trying to find a way to do things a little bit better. So, you know, we had the technology that we were always trying to get better at. We had our processes that we were always getting better at. And then we had the whole warehouse operations, which is a whole nother set of, of, of processes that, that we were uh, continually working on. And, and, and uh, actually here, I, I just wanted to, to ask you um, additional question, like at, at what point you, you started to consider building something from scratch and reaching out, uh, reaching out to us? Because you said that, yeah, you had, um, you had the tools, you were testing a lot of different softwares, you were using Google Sheets. So you actually had some part of automation done. I mean, it was, it was good, it was working, um, but still you actually decided to, to reach out to us. And uh, I, I really wonder, um, what are your thought process? Yeah, so uh, we, by that time, we had moved to a bigger warehouse because uh, we had outgrown our space. And you, you get to these plateaus. So I like a very linear growth, but you're going to hit plateaus where you just to scale, to go to that next level. So, you know, you made it to the 10,000 foot level, but to get to the 15,000 foot level is twice the challenge as getting to the 10,000 foot. So it, it, uh, there, there, you know, there's more things to consider. And so we're in this new warehouse and we had expanded and we, we knew that to, to keep scaling, either we had to bring more people in to do the same kind of redundant tasks that we were already doing in the systems that we were utilizing. And the other concern was Google Sheets. We had, we'd had custom scripting done to it to, to match our processes, but Google Sheets has its limitations. And one of the big uh, challenges that we had was just plain ordering. It was a very, very time consuming process. And we were using very old latent data. So this was coming from the hodgepodge of different systems, kind of all meshed together. And it was around that time that I said, I wonder if there's a way to bring this data straight into Google Sheets so that uh, not only is it already in there and we don't have to go collect it and stuff it in there, but it would also be more real-time data. And that's when I was doing research, came across uh, you and Delta Logic, reached out to you guys, and uh, that was really the, 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 the start of our relationship. Um, so it was, it was out of the need to 
to put ourselves in a position to, 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 to scale bigger so we can, you know, totally. dive, dive more. I, I, I like how you, how you said that uh, Google Sheets it, it has its own limitations. I, I actually heard people talking about it, but usually when someone says it, it's, it's not really that uh, he or she hit those limitations, but I remember when you approached us and I, I really saw all of the logic and amounts of the Google Sheets. So that was really the case when you actually hit the limit. And that's actually also when we saw the, the huge opportunity for, for the actual custom software. So mm -hmm. that was definitely a great match. And uh, I, right now the system is live. It's, it's called Acorn. Uh, I know that we are working together right now on putting it live, um, not only for you because you're already using it, but for others. Uh, we may have some very early alpha uses it's uh like in the nearby future hopefully after this this podcast um but if i could ask you the question how actually transform your business um basically the system that we developed together uh compared to what you had before so the google sheets some um, uh, third-party tools manual processes if you could just compare those two yeah sure so Acorn has had a profound, uh, it's profoundly helped with what, what we're doing. And it's done so really in, in three different areas. One, it's been uh, uh, very helpful with just time savings. Also with the accuracy of what we're doing and also with uh, just assisting work with our, our, our workflows. So for time savings, the, the ordering process that we were using then compared to now, it cut that by more than half. It's likely more around 70%. Uh, the checking in of the orders. So when that semi pulls up out at your dock door and you unload it, the amount of time it takes to check that product in that is a 70% easy time savings there. Uh, the, the, the process of, of, of doing your invoices, that has been cut uh, more than half. And then determining what items you want to get shipped out on a particular day, it's reduced that by, by more than half. Um, accuracy, it you know, all these different facets of the improvements that Acorn has made, every piece of that contributes more to your bottom line. And I can't emphasize enough how some things maybe are a little more dramatic than others, but there has been improvement on so many different levels based on when we originally sat down, you know, we seen that there was opportunity here to get more efficient that Either we could improve what we were doing with Acorn uh, uh, along with the discovery of, of you guys showing us some different technologies that could, could help us, but also stuff that we had no ability to do, but we knew we wanted to do that now has been made possible. So, um, so the, you know, the accuracy of the system, the data is always being synchronized. We have the ability of all these, you know, we're, we're pulling, I don't know today how many columns of data it is, but it's in excess of 50 columns of vital information to, to, to help with everything you're doing. That's all in a very organized 
manner that you can filter, you can sort the columns, you can move the columns left and right, you can save custom views to match sub processes that you're doing in your business. And, uh, and so for, for ordering, you know, uh, just to give you an, an, an example of that, um, it helps you avoid ordering too much or too little. So the death of a business like this is just having a bunch of old dead inventory that's not moving. And if you can prevent doing that because you're being enlightened by all these data points that you don't have currently, or if you do, they're, they're, they're not uh, very real time, um, just think of what that does for, for your business. And so the, the, the accuracy of the ordering has significantly improved. Um, we can see uh, different things like uh, uh, what the profitability is. We can see uh, the percentage of time a product has been profitable. So one of the things we wanted to do was track the historical profitability. And, and so these, these are color-coded to, to tell us whether a product's been tracked for 30 days, 30 days to 90 days, or 90 days plus. So something that looks enticing today that, say, has a, a wonderful BSR, uh, and, and maybe you, you feel you know, overzealous and you want to buy 10 cases of it, well, guess what? It's only, it only meets your profitability like 5% of the time. So, you know, being out in Vegas, you want to go up to a table and, and hedge a large bet uh, where you're only going to win 5% of the time. No, not normally. So a tremendous help with that. We can see if Amazon's a seller on the listing instantaneously. Mm -hmm. We can see if Amazon, how, if they are, what, even if they're not, what percentage of time Amazon has sold on the listing. So do you want to sell on a listing that Amazon has only been on 1% of the time? versus a listing that Amazon's not currently on, but has sold 90% of the time, you know, I sure don't. And so it tells you that it tells you how many people are competing for the buy box based on their, uh, their, their price. Um, of course it tells you the historical BSR tells you the BSR in the last seven days, the last 30 days, it tells what your sales have been the last seven and the last 30 days. And then we incorporated an algorithm in it that takes into consideration your sales velocity, how many days of inventory you desire, what your current stock levels are at Amazon. And so it factors all these things in to give you a very good leading edge uh, suggestion of how much you, know, you, should, you should order. And even though we still go through kind of line by line looking at this stuff, it literally could auto produce POs that you could be fairly dependent on. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so it does a whole lot more than just those things. Like, oh, you know, yeah. we, can, we can go on for a long time. De definitely. I, I just wanted to really briefly talk about those, uh, features that you just, uh, explain. I mean, I stand with it. It's one of the most complex systems we've built, uh, in the Amazon space, especially for a seller like you. And we are hundred percent sure that once it will be ready to start selling it as a software, as a service, many sellers will actually give it a try because there is no other tool uh, that has so many functionalities combined all together and they are all working because we have a case study of you using it and creating mm -hmm. it at the same time. So 
it's it's definitely something we are waiting for and we'll be happy to show it to to all of you who are listening um with the video basically walkthroughs i mean there's one uh small showcase as our case study at logic actually rafi um recorded video on that i will make sure to also uh, include it in the description uh but definitely we'll be t- talking more uh, about it uh but greg i i also wonder would you consider like an ideal customer um, that could use the system? And do you think that the system could be also used just um, for people who may need help with few sections or like few modules? Um, how do you see the future of it? Uh, or do you only see it as a full um, like assistant of your Amazon business? Well, I think it's a system that you could uh just do different components of so you know in the for for somebody that's just starting out what they need help with the most is uh the ordering process and that can be a real challenge and if you're not doing it correctly you're just slowly down if not shutting down your whole business growth process by mistakes so that is a component itself that that can be very valuable. You know, to to start with, we're going to offer it as the complete suite, and that that customer base would likely be somebody that uh, has got a year or two of experience under their belt. Uh, they've got where they know that they're on a growth trajectory, and they just need help from uh, a system like like acorn because you're right jacob there's there is nothing else on the market that it's is even really that close to it because this is eight years of experience and all the trials and tribulations that we've encountered that we record all this stuff as we go and uh it's baked into into this product and and what's scary is we literally have a list even bigger than the one that we originally sat down with of future improvements to it. So it's going to continually be getting, getting updated. Uh, but I would see that that typical user of Acorn, somebody that, that does any type of, of arbitrage business and uh, uh, has some, they, they've been seasoned somewhat. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff to the system, and it could be overwhelming if if you didn't have your your, your feet planted. Mm-hmm. Totally, and uh, I wonder, especially nowadays when Amazon is such a competitive marketplace, um, like how do you manage to stand out? Yeah, so you know the 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 business model of retail arbitrage and wholesaling, it's all a competition for the buy box. You know, the person that's got the buy box is going to get 95 plus percent of of the sales. And uh, so basically, it's not that you're you're so much standing out and are very visible, say, if you were your own brand and you were promoting your product and, you know, you know, how are you standing out from your marketability? It's more about your retention of the buy box and doing it a smart way. So 
you know, one of the, the big mistakes early on, we've been through it, we learned uh, some valuable lessons, but, you know, there's a couple of strategies on Amazon and that is either you share the buy box and you keep a nice profitable price there uh, and everybody gets a slice of that pie or you become ultra aggressive like so many newbies do and they just want sales. And so they want to stand out by uh, playing the price war, you know, the race to the bottom, the, the, the I'm going to reduce my price by a penny. And that's all well and good. You're going to get some sales. The problem is, is when you go to replenish that product, it's no longer a profitable product because when you sell out of it, it doesn't instantaneously go back up to being profitable like it was when you first found it. So that's something, you know, you got to be really careful of. But, uh, you know, how we stand out is in relationships that we have built with everybody that contributes to our success. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a saying, business creates business. And so the more business that you do, the more opportunity of business that's, that's going to come your way. And, uh, and, and, and so just, uh, uh, just continually expanding what you're doing, um, is, is how we stand out. That's, that's amazing. And especially I think that the relations that you made with your vendors, uh, this is a huge contribute to, to your success. Because uh, working with those companies uh, for a long period of time definitely uh, gave you um, some better, I don't know if you get some better rates uh, for the products or like better prices. Um, so your your price discounts are really going to be based on, on volume. Mm -hmm. And I can be the first to tell you that when you come in and you're new, you're thinking that the, the secret sauce to the success in this business is just getting that better price. And sure, it can be a contributor to your bottom line, but it is just one component of what is going to make you a successful business. And a successful business is, 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 is based on people, product, and, and processes. The people are oh so important and how you treat people uh, and the relationships that you build, the products, you, you, you need to identify good products. And those processes, in my opinion, are way more important than even the, 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 the price that you get them at. It's mm -hmm. the efficiency of how you, of how you do things. Mm -hmm. So we're always challenging ourselves. It's, it's a running theme inside our business that we're, always trying to find a better way to do things. Mm -hmm. And if you would start right now uh, from scratch as a, as an arbitrage seller, like what's the one advice you would give someone just starting out as an arbitrage seller right now? So I would, um, I would say a couple things. There's mindset and there's practical. First, you got to get into the right mindset. And uh, a mentor told me that, and I live this day in and day out, pace, patience, and persistence is, is, is the mindset to start with. So pace, if, if you're new, you're just, you're, you're just really aimed to get running. And your pace is likely going to be very fast. But understand that the faster you go, the more you open yourself up for making 
big mistakes. And to undo uh, a mistake is going to be, if it can even be undone, it's going to be way more time consuming than to avoid it in the first place by doing proper research. So from a mindset perspective, you want to have your pace under control. You want to have patience. Every day we have a challenge and it's your patience to get around that challenge. Sometimes you got to go above it, under it, around it, but you got to realize you're going to get around it one way or another. And then the persistence, you know, some days you don't, you don't go to bed at night feeling like you got that big win. But as long as you've done something of improvement over time, that all stacks on one another, it compounds and it's that grit is I guess maybe another way for it is you just, you just keep at it. So first and foremost, I believe you have to come into this with the proper mindset. Um, you're going to have to put your work in. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And, and what you put in is, is likely what you're going to get out. Secondly, is the other elements, which is the practical, which is the systems like ACORN, um, the, uh, the relationships that you're going to build and, and get, you know, good, good pricing and good availability from, from vendors. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you an, an example and, and, and maybe some people aren't aware of this, but, you know, early on we had, and, and by the time I discovered this, we had been a seller for, for a few years and we discovered that, believe it or not, Amazon, uh, loses items in their giant warehouses, and they also damage them. You would assume that you're going to get credit back on those things. Wrong assumption. <laughs> and when the discovery was made that you can basically open cases and have Amazon do an audit of your lost and damaged merchandise, oh, my gosh. When we first discovered this and we were doing this on our own, um, it was in several thousands of dollars that Amazon owed us. And unfortunately, you can only go back so much in time for Amazon to give you those credits. But we, from that day forward, we now have a company that does this for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just one thing as a new seller, understand that there's all these hidden things that's eating away at your bottom line that you you may not be aware of. So that would be something like practical, I would tell new sellers is don't overlook the lost and damaged warehouse items that uh, that gets encountered at, at Amazon. Oh yeah, uh, we've, built, we've built actually one tool about for vendors for dispute, it's called dispute automation tools where we actually recovered hundreds of thousands of euros uh, for, for yeah. our clients, very simple tool. Um, but yeah, as you said, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. always worth, worth trying to get your money back from, from Amazon. But so as a new seller, I would strongly encourage, you know, investing, uh, in, in, in your education. So find kind of a business model on Amazon. There's many different business models that you can get involved with. Find one and, and, and educate yourself as much as you can go to conferences, uh, meet people, and then 
you know, regardless of what type of arbitrage you're doing, um, try to work with people locally. You know, there's there's all kinds of manufacturing companies right in your backyard. Typically, you can get in front of these people, tell them what you do, um, what a benefit that you can provide for them and 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 just just do things in small increments while you while you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not something that you're going to quit your day job overnight, but it's certainly something that you can work at and, and build on. And, oh, yeah. It's and a snowball things, effect. Yeah. Just have fun with it. You know, if you're not having fun, it's, it's not it's not worth it. But um, definitely. Yeah. Great. Great. Thanks, Greg. That was uh, really, really, uh, I would say, comprehensive guide. <laughs> Yeah. And, and insights from, from your side. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just wanted to tell in the end also that uh, we'll be updating our audience on the development of Acorn system, uh, especially that right now we, we come into the phase of uh, turning it to the SaaS. So right now, if some of you are like, if you are interested, uh, you can also hit me up or um, basically ask Greg directly uh, on how you can use it uh when can you use it um so greg greg is pretty much the product owner of acorn um yes uh greg i will include your um contact information in a description of this uh, like podcast youtube video so people also will be able to uh, reach out to you there um yeah thanks a lot for the podcast um i will definitely do an update once the acorn sas is live And yeah, till then, thank you. Thank you, Jacob. All right. Bye-bye.